Good morning, everyone. We are back at it again in our podcast studio. Um, I'm going to go around the room and let everybody introduce themselves. Uh, my name is Blake. And I'm Billy. And today we're joined by a very special guest. Uh, I'll let you introduce yourself. I'm Christopher Ding Ding Blackburn. Old Ding Ding. So uh, so we brought Ding in today. We're going to talk a little bit about... Uh, so we're doing a little mini-series on, on the powwow and, you know, the behind the scenes of the powwow. And, you know, Ding serves as the planning and events coordinator for the tribe and does a lot of work for... Um, for planning the powwow, so we're going to pick his brain a little bit and and see what we can learn about what goes into planning the powwow. So, Ding, before we get started, can you um, talk about a little bit about yourself? Like, who's your parents? Where'd you come from? What led you to being a powwow and events coordinator? How long you been involved in powwows? Things like that. Yes, uh, my family is. My mom was Dora Lynham Blackburn. And uh, her family comes from the Gibson side. Her mom was Thelma Gibson. And on my dad's side is, uh, my dad was Earl McGee. And what he, uh, his family side came from, on the Calvin McGee side, his uh, mom was Calvin's great niece. And his dad was uh, Shirley McGee. Okay. As far as uh, being involved with the planning of the powwow, I've been involved with it for probably, if I had to guess, I'd, I'd say probably 20 plus years. I was, uh, before, before I had this job or they created this job within the cultural department, I was, uh, they had a powwow committee and I started on it. And whenever I first started on the committee, there was a, Prize money for a powwow was like $5,000. And between that time and now, we have, uh, with success of gaming and different things, we're, our prize money is 130000 That's awesome. So that brings in a lot of people. Yes, from all over the United States and Canada. Okay. So being that you've been around powwow for a long time and a long portion of your life, what does it actually mean to you like a powwow i kind of reflect uh my feelings on powwow from our our powwow i mean it like i said it began uh as a homecoming and when i was growing up i mean there was no other thought about what we would do thanksgiving i mean that we we were always here at the powwow and uh even people that moved away you know they this is when they would come home and visit family even more so than Christmas time. I mean, this is was a big time and just kind of helps you celebrate, you know, being Native American. Mm. You kind of got me in my feelings on that one. I'm sorry. I had to take a moment. <laughs> so, so how long have you been planning the powwow starting since you, since you started your job planning the powwow? Uh, I think this year makes my 12th year 12th year of the planning and events coordinator. And over the years, the powwow has grown tremendously. Yes, it has. And I would like to commend the cultural department on that. Dang, I think that the cultural staff, you being the events coordinator, um, has contributed to that growth. Um, 
But the planning for the powwow doesn't start the week before. Can you tell me a breakdown of how the planning for the powwow, when do you start? Actually, it kind of never ends. I mean, we go from as soon as the powwow starts till it's over. I mean, I, I usually try to start picking head staff and drums and stuff from Thanksgiving Day. And then, you know, because a lot of, uh, in order to get a lot of good dancers and drums to come in, of course, you got the prize money, but you got to have somebody that's going to get the dancers moving. And just like just like anything, you know, like bands or whatever, these drum groups have a big following. So if you get good name drum groups in, you're going to have a lot of dancers come. So we kind of kind of try to base stuff off of that to get more and more people here to our power. Right. And you kind of want to go ahead and get them on the calendar too. That way they, they commit to come back next year to be there next year. Right. Now, when you're talking about head uh, committee, head staff, um, tell me a little bit about that. What, what is head and what does it mean? And what are you looking for when you're um, choosing people to be that head staff? Well, for uh, different things like uh, your MC, you want somebody that's going to, be real lively and keep the crowd involved and, you know, just uh, joy to listen to and explain things and different such. And same way with your arena directors and uh, your head judges and drum judges. You want somebody that's going to be very knowledgeable about the aspect of powwow, the way that things should be ran. That way you got no burden on your, uh, your, tribal community or whatever that's putting on the power. They should be able to kind of enjoy it in a sense by who you promote to be here to kind of run the main part of the power. So fairness, people that know, you know, what what entails, like as far as like a, a head staff, knowing, you know, the, the powwow in and out. Right. And we always say that the MC doesn't get enough credit. Um, the MC. I don't think they do. I mean, because they yeah. they have a really hard job because uh, if there's dead time at the powwow with contest or whatever, he's got to keep stuff going. Yeah, if there's and, a fire going right, on, right. he's got to keep. Yeah, he's got to keep everything in in check. You know, he's a uh, kind of like the the leader of the whole thing in a sense. Right, and that's not an easy task. No, it's not. <laughs> So uh, the the planning is is an all year thing, but you know, once November hits, it really is crunch time. So can you break us down? Once November hits, what really goes into action to plan the powwow? Uh, November is uh, it's kind of rough. It's uh, we start kind of getting everything in place at the grounds, and we have to get uh vendor spaces marked out. Make sure all our parking areas are good, no holes, whatever. I mean, just preparation of the grounds itself. And then trying to finish up all the little stuff that could have been fell through the cracks or something like that, you know. And then worrying about the weather before. Uh Hopefully now we won't have that to worry about. Yeah, Yeah. so I kind of want to touch on that. So we're we're getting a brand new, really nice arena built on where the grounds is so uh can you tell us what what is when it what went into getting this new arena 
This new arena, it's been a, it's been a real long process. It, we kind of started uh, planning for this thing probably about five to six years ago. Wow. And through uh, COVID and all this different stuff, it's uh, supply chains went crazy with prices and different things. And it's, it's taken this long for us to get this far as we are. And uh, in actuality, we're probably going to be able to dance under it this year. But the ground and the pavilion arena itself is not going to be at its finished state. Mm-hmm. But it will be good enough for us to occupy. That's, that's awesome. All so, of the uh, real pretty stuff and all that, it's, <laughs> it's probably not going to be done. Right. Yeah. So it will be, it'll be done enough to, to host it this year. Right, but next right. year you'll get the next full, year, yeah, the full right. effect of what, it, what it's right. supposed to be. So um, what is... What is going to be the end result of this arena? What is it going to have? What? Uh, inside it, it's going to be a state of the art. I mean, this it's uh, it's it's going to be unlike any arena I've ever been in. It's uh has acoustical panels in it, so there's no echoes or whatever in it for the dancers, singers. It's going to be uh, it's going to depict a lot of our culture. Mm-hmm. It's, it has a lot of creek design and stuff that is going into it to kind of kind of showcase who we are. Right. Yeah. It's going to have a lot of clan, different things of our clans and, you know, depicts of it and a lot of uh, old creek designs even stamped into concrete and different things and such. Okay. So, I know that's, that's going to be really, really It's going to have a stadium-style seating? Uh, actually going to be bleachers. Bleachers, okay. Yeah. But what a lot of people don't understand, thing is that it did not start there. So where was that first powwow that we had? I mean, even before the mound was built, and then we went, you know, can you explain a little bit of that evolution? Yeah. Uh, in the beginning, you know, there, there was uh, just a small dance area right behind the uh, old school. And the first couple of years, you know, it, it was it was kind of hard because – at least this is what I've been told. I mean, I'm I'm not that old, but <laughs> kind of getting there, but I'm not not quite there. But uh, what I was told is that the spectators were complaining that they couldn't see the dancers, so that's how the mound came about. So mm-hmm. in the beginning, it was just maybe up about two foot, just so it could be a little bit over everybody's head and stuff. And throughout the years, it kind of grown and grown to the size that it is now. And that the mound that is there now is probably from the original was probably about four or five times bigger, even in circumference and height. And the reason that we moved off of the mound is because the amount of dancers that we attract now is there's no possible way we could all be on on that mound. So that that's kind of the reasoning for the big pavilion now now with the amount of dancers and drums that we have coming in the way that uh i've been taught about this powwow way of life if it once it starts it 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 goes through no matter rain or what so because you got to be uh be hospitable to these people that have uh spent their time and money to come here to 
compete. Mm. It's not their fault that the weather is right. bad. So, right. so being good at hospitality, it's, it's our responsibility to have a place for them to go and finish out their contests and stuff. Absolutely. So this is the way of life for people that are also, we, we call it a circuit of powwow, kind of like a circuit of rodeo. Like some of these people do this for a living. So to come to the Porch Vanda Creek Indian and say, hey, we got ranged out. I'm sorry. Yeah. That could, uh, it's kind of money out of their yeah, pocket. Right. That, that could be the difference in them uh, eating whenever right. they leave from there. Some of them, that, that's their primary job. And uh, just uh, with us, uh, I guess with the campaign with the tribe now, you know, being good neighbors or whatever, that's kind of all entitles back into that. Even with us being Creek people, you know, you're, uh, you're supposed to help anybody and be humble and help anybody that needs help or whatever. So if they're hungry, you're supposed to feed them or whatever. And that's that's one of the big reasons why at our powwow we, uh, we don't, really cut categories. If there's one person in that category, he, he wins. I mean, it's not his fault that nobody was able to make it to be in that category. And a lot of powwows, if you don't have a certain number number of dancers in that category, they will uh, actually do away with a category and combine to one another. But uh, we've always been, been, been this way. You know, we, if there's one there that made that travel there, then, He's going to win. Yeah. And I kind of want to touch on something you mentioned earlier. We talk about the mound being behind the schoolhouse. I, I, I enjoy the fact that we still utilize the mound during powwow, you know, because we do have, you know, a bigger arena. And then now now we have the, the covered arena being built. But the fact that we still utilize that mound for, you know, the princess contest and then you even have our individual powwow club go up and, and still utilize that mound. I think that's very, very important. And we have the opening ceremonies that right. we still. Yeah. So it's kind of holds on to that, that history. That little tradition yeah, of, of using the mound. mound. Yep. All right. So can we talk about sports staff a little? Um, what, go, what goes into selecting sports staff, uh, support staff? Who is your support staff? Uh, the support staff kind of started maybe about about 10 or 12 years ago we uh used to back in the beginning from the beginning of the powwow up until like I said about that 10 or 12 years ago if you worked for the tribe you you worked powwow i mean that was a uh, a given nobody nobody was excluded or whatever i mean even during all this preparation and different things of such i've seen them uh, pull people out of the offices to come down there and rake straw or mm-hmm. whatever you know everybody getting the grounds ready so uh we kind of uh had the idea you know why don't we uh see can we hire some of our people out to to work this that could probably actually use the extra money or whatever to help help with their christmas stuff or whatever you know for their their families and uh give our tribal employees time off and uh, they said, well, we'll try it a couple of years. And so we did, and everything went good. So, I mean, they, they told us we could stick with it. Okay. And uh, what we do, we we try to uh, give everybody a chance that puts in up to a certain extent. You know, we, we can only employ probably 
I think our max for powwow is about sixty-five, and that that's that's including trash pickup, bus drivers, uh, parking, t-shirts, t-shirts, <laughs> definitely t-shirts, plenty, plenty, our, plenty of stuff to go around. Uh, accounting department, you know, that handles all our money and all of the ticket sales. So, so it's about around sixty-five now that okay. we employ. On top of the entire cultural department staff right, as well, right. so, so you're looking at about a hundred plus, and yeah. then then yeah, I guess you could say the fire department and tribal police yeah. department as well. So, uh, and and that's one of the questions we were going to ask. You know, the fire department and and the, the tribal police department. What? How important are they in, in the involvement in the powwow and planning of the powwow? They're extremely important. Uh, without our police department, uh, there's no telling what kind of wrecks or whatever we would have just because of the chaotic parking and different things mm-hmm. and they actually kind of just their presence around the grounds or whatever kind of kind of deters a lot of stuff from going on right for even like uh just people getting irate or whatever mm-hmm. you know maybe from standing in line or something or whatever i mean because during this time you think over two-day period it's about eighteen to twenty thousand people come through, mm-hmm. spectator wise. So I mean, there's a lot of lines everywhere you go. I mean, you just gotta be patient in a sense, you know. And our fire department, like I said, they they hold a big part because uh, they're uh, they have their paramedics and stuff on on staff there. So if we need their assistance, they're there, right? And they're able to kind of kind of take care of stuff until the ambulance does get there. Absolutely. And then I know, too, that we have a lot of vendors that, that come to the powwow, and, you know, that night, because uh, it's a two-day period, so a lot of times right. the, the vendors don't want to take down all their merchandise or anything like that, so they'll cover it up, and, you know, the tribal police will right. uh, stay there security. stay there all night and be security for those vendors. I've done sure that before. Right. Said overnight. Yeah. yeah. So they're, they're extremely important. But some of the unsung heroes I want to talk about are the local churches and their involvement in the powwow. I do know that a lot of people can relate to, you know, the churches being at the powwow, especially when it comes to food. So can you talk to us about the church's involvement? Yeah. Uh, in the beginning, this the uh, churches, they were really, really extremely needed because of the... Uh, the lack of money and stuff for the tribe. I mean, the, when this powwow first started, it was uh, the tribe was so small at that time. The funds from this powwow would kind of run the whole tribe for a year, and the churches really helped out. I mean, they they made some money for the churches or whatever, but they were able to help feed the spectators and stuff that came to this event, and. Nowadays, you know, they they still some of the core core uh, churches they they still participate, but uh, sadly this year there's a uh, due to you know elders in the churches and different things of such. There's a uh, we only have one that's going to participate this year. Oh man, really? Because of uh, like I said, just elders that are not able to do it anymore, or like some of them are not being able to do it because of uh, the youth of the church. You know, they've kind of been having babies and they're the different youth. things. Yeah, right. And they're, they're doing doing their thing. And uh, 
a lot of that core group from the beginning, you know, they're up in age now. So, but you know, all our other events, like we have a uh, Calvin McGee Memorial annual celebration, different things, you know, they still help out dramatically with that. Yeah. But powwow has grown into something so big. It, it's hard for them to keep hard, up. It's hard for them to keep up, and it's a whole lot of work. I a, mean, yeah, they, I mean, that's a lot of food yeah. that you're giving out. I know I talked to several of them last year, and uh, they uh, sold the first day. They sold out of what they had prepared for two days. Wow. They wow. sold out before about 4 o'clock on that first day. Damn. But, uh. Yeah, and y'all's question, I mean, they're, they've been very, very needed throughout this whole existence of the powwow. Absolutely. Man, that's crazy. Only one church being involved this year. Well, that's... Yeah, one that thing for sure, all sad. of us are getting older. And, uh, you know, if you don't, that's kind of like our culture, you know, if we don't uh, have our youth kind of learning behind us, I mean, it won't be long, it'll be gone. That's kind of mm-hmm. how our languages were lost. Yeah. Same thing, you know. I mean, you can't really make them learn it. They they got to want to learn it mm-hmm. or or not. In that same aspect, I think uh, we're we're very blessed as a Porch Creek tribe to uh, of the benefits that we reap from from our tribe. And but I can't help but think that that's a lot of why the youth or whatever are not participating in different things. I mean, it was more of a pride thing back in the day, you know, to be able to say, yeah, this is my church. We're here uh, supporting our, our tribe or whatever. Now all they got to do is wait on the mail. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's sad to say that, but, I mean, that that's kind of uh, one thing, one bad thing about the benefits, what we have, it kind of makes them not want to put work in to, to help or, or whatever. I mean, they, they think they're, uh, you know, I ain't got to do that no more. Yeah. I think too, though, they also got a lot going on in life as a young person, as a young 20 year old starting off with a family, they got a lot going on. Oh yeah. And the older, I mean, the older they get, and their kids become grown. They don't have as much of that responsibility as, as raising them because gr- the kids are growing. May, that may bring them back to being more interested back coming back to doing things like that. Yeah. Because you yeah, see a I lot mean, of older it's, it's ones. It's very possible. I know with me personally, powwowed pretty much my whole life. And then when I got married, I had responsibilities right, I had right. to take care of. And then just now my kids are back. My kids are finally gr- are grown. And those responsibilities are kind of went down a little bit. Um, can get back into it more. Right, right. And I can understand that torch thing that you had mentioned about. You know, we got to carry that on. You know, but you got to also learn. So you got to be involved when you're, you're a youth. Mm-hmm. You know, so we got to continue on what we what was originally started and why and why we need to continue that tradition. Um, and also want to say, um, give patron to our corn. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know no uh, it's you always been have, there. <laughs> yep. Cannot have the yeah. porch Vander Creek Indians powwow without the corn, and if that goes away, I'm coming to find you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so can, the you know, can you tell me how that? You know, if you maybe give us a little bit of history on the the corn, or you know, 
From uh, just from what I've been told around, there's a uh, John Arthur McGee and Houston McGee and different ones. They uh kind of started cooking that corn way back, and they were uh there was a uh, time when the tribal council they would uh do barbecue. All of them would uh, put in time up there at night or whatever, smoking all these uh, Boston butts and different things just to kind of sell at the power. I used to love that barbecue, too. I know. It, it was good. And uh, But the corn, uh, Houston and John Arthur started it, from what I was told. And then Houston kind of got out of it, and John Arthur and then Nathan got with John Arthur to start it up then. And now... It's uh, Nathan and John Arthur's grandsons. They're mm-hmm. they're they're the ones. It's kind of been it. being passed on, right? Yeah, and that's what we were saying. You know, especially with the churches, that also the corn. You know, you pass that down from family. So I this past um, powwow I saw Nathan, but also like you said, you know, the family of Nathan are centered around there. I seen youth of that family handing out corn. That is so valid and so important for us to make sure that these traditions of our Porch Creek to where it does stay Porch Creek and, um, you know, doesn't come become so huge that we can't accommodate or, you know, keep our roots still embedded in there. So I know this year coming up is going to be our 51st annual. Um, would have been, what, 53rd? Uh, we, we, yeah. we had to, we had to miss COVID. two years, but uh, it'll be our 51st annual. And, and our powwow has grown into one of the largest powwows here in the southeast. Um, so who is invited to the powwow this year? As far as spectator-wise? Spectators, dancers, is, is everyone invited? Our, pow- our powwow is open to public from anywhere. If you if you want to come check it out, you're more than welcome. The uh, gate admission is 15 per day, or you can get a two-day pass, or Ten dollars a day, or you can get a two-day pass for fifteen. Okay. And so, are you expecting a lot of visitors this year? Yes, I think this is probably gonna, the way it's shaping up. It's probably going to be one of our biggest years yet. Really? Wow. So, we, what something we didn't talk about was vendors. So, what goes into say I wanted to put up a um, a booth? What would I need to do? If you wanted to. Get a craft booth or food booth, either one. There is a application process that you will submit your application with pictures to our event staff email. And uh, there's a select committee that goes through these and verifies that you are an artisan or whatever, Native American kind of see see what you're selling if it, if we don't already have something of that aspect and then uh from that that we will contact you and tell you when to be here or whatever okay so how many vendors do you normally have normally in the past couple of years we've uh we've been having around 130 130 and so i noticed this i noticed with the new arena it's it's Fairly big. So, are you going to cut the number of vendors, or are you going to try to? I think I'm going to be able to uh, kind of reroute the way that we were doing. Mm-hmm. So, I think we should still be able to accommodate that many. That many, okay. That just be kind of in a different rotation. 
Got you. So um, a lot of people ask me about the powwow. And so the powwow is a two-day event. It's Thanksgiving Day and the day after. Um, and it pretty much lasts until, I'd say, 8, 9, 10 o'clock, both evenings. Um, and so a lot of people, when a lot of times when visitors ask me about the powwow, I normally tend to tell them to come at night or come during the evening. And and the reason for that is is that's normally the time one the a lot of your day traffic has has kind of calmed down. calmed down and left, and then two that's when the adult contests are happening. And I normally tell people that is the best time to visit the powwow because one the, the night lights are on and you see all the everybody pulls out their best regalia and, and outfits and beadwork, and 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 they. And the adults do their contest. So it's a very beautiful time, I think, to attend the powwow. So normally when I tell people about the powwow, I tell them to go during the evening, uh, if possible. Right. And that, that that's a good time. Friday Friday is a real good time to go because you'll be doing your finals of your contest. Mm-hmm. And then you're seeing the best of the best. Absolutely. And then you also have the drum contest where they're competing for how much this year? Uh, first place is $12,000. $12,000. So you can imagine the competition for $12,000 gets really, really, really good. So you get to see the best of the best. And one of the questions we put on here, I'm looking at it now, it says, what happens after the powwow? And I think that's a good time to plug, uh, the stomp dance that happens immediately following the powwow on Friday night. And so where, where will you find that at? Uh, if you want to come and participate or just check it out. We usually have a stomp dance at the PCCC, our Porch Community Center, in our multi-purpose room. Y'all more than welcome to come check it out. There'll be uh, normally we have like pizza. Yeah, normally normally we have some food and refreshments there, but it's a good time to come and uh, just visit. Really, I mean, just come and hang out and learn a little bit more about Creek culture. Is there anything? I just have one thing. So if somebody that was coming to the powwow, they're a little bit intimidated about coming. Is there any advice that you would give them to make them feel a little bit comfortable about coming to something where, you know, they might not feel as comfortable coming to our Porch Creek powwow? As far as spectator-wise? I think uh, if you you want to come, I mean, every one thing I can really say about our uh, staff and even, you know, the – tribal community they're going to welcome you in i mean just come on and don't be afraid to talk to anyone i mean just ask questions that's the big thing i mean even the dancers and stuff coming from out of town if if you want to take pictures of them or whatever i mean it's always a good thing to just ask i mean that that's a good thing to get in the habit of because some people don't like their picture took but if you ask nine times out of ten they're going to say yes Come on, take a picture. Absolutely. So, I think that's really, really if, cool. Uh, if you're kind of uh, claustrophobic, mm-hmm. you might need to stay back a little bit because there, there, there's times whenever it's really, really packed out with people right around grand entry time. There's a hardly walking room. So, I mean, you can, uh, at that time, you know, maybe maybe a good idea if you if you kind of check the vendors out. Yeah, or something. check the vendors out or different things as such. I had a question. So, as someone that's coming in with disabilities, do you accommodate for people that are coming in with like you know wheelchairs or things like that? I yeah, know- we uh, we there will be bleachers set aside for them, but it's limited. So, I mean, 
It's on a first come first serve basis. So. And you also have parking. Is there parking for you know? Yes, handicap? there will be parking for the handicap, and we have a handicap accessible bus to bring you on to the ground. So. Uh, is there anything you'd like to add, Ding? I know. I, Do they need to bring cash? <laughs> uh, cash is always good. I mean, we, we there will be ATMs on on site, but uh. <laughs> Last year, they were ran out of money the first day by about 4.30. There was that many people came through. Wow. And uh, they were restocked again for Friday. But, I mean, cash is always good. A lot of the vendors do take card. But, again, with the amount of people that are there, the uh, sometimes the Internet service isn't great. Cell phone service isn't great because right. of just the amount of yeah. people that are there at one time. So, so cash is always good. Yeah, so bring cash. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't hurt, and, and cash can help you barter with the vendors too. I know you can barter with those vendors. Like, oh, it's fifty dollars. Well, I got forty dollars cash right now. What, what can I do with you? Yeah, <laughs> so, you might get a deal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there anything else we need to add? Dang, is there anything else that you want to add, or your you know final comments, or anything like that? Uh, I guess my final comments would be. Uh, Hope that uh, a lot of our tribal members come check it out. I mean, I know you always say, you know, that oh, it's the same thing every year, but really, truly, it's not. I mean, if, you're, uh, if you go around and really pay attention to what's there, look at the different dancers and different things, I mean, it's, it's different every year. I mean, you don't, if you're, if you're just, uh, just have to open your mind to it. I mean, because you may see a lot of uh, dancers from here, like our powwow club and different ones, you know. I know way back, you know, that's what a lot of people wanted to come and see, just check out the dancers from here and different things. They're still here. You just got to sit there and check them out. Just be patient. Like I said, that's the biggest thing about coming to powwows or different things, you know. Everything doesn't always move as fast as you think it should. But you just have to sit there and be patient and uh, enjoy yourself. Visit. That, yeah. I think that's one of the big things with uh, the world nowadays. I mean, everybody's always rush, 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 rush. I mean, just sit there and visit. That's one big thing about our community that I see has been lost over the years is that we don't uh, visit like we used to. And this will be a good opportunity for you to sit and visit. Absolutely. Not only visit, but network. You know, I think. For me, going traveling to powwows and even going to our own powwow is developing or creating those relationships with members of other tribes and creating those intertribal relationships and building networks with those people. So not only visiting, but, you know, meeting new people and and learning their backgrounds and where they come from, because those intertribal relationships are very, very important. And not only that, showing the appreciation for the cultural department, our fire staff, our police department that's putting on such a great event. So would you come and it's showing that support, you know, all the heart. A lot of people don't understand, Ding, and I hope that we flesh that out a little bit to show people that, you know, a lot of hard work goes into planning the powwow, putting this powwow on, you know, for a community event. And, you know, to go out and support it is very important. Exactly. I mean, it uh it's it's definitely a big undertaking to to plan something of this magnitude, this big, and uh, like I said, I mean, there's times whenever 
you want to pull your hair out because it's just, <laughs> you know, it, everybody's calling and, you know, you, you're like, God, I just need a break. It's more than just ding, ding, riding around on a, yes. on a side-by-side. Right. <laughs> yeah, if you see me riding that side-by-side, uh, there's something happening somewhere. Trust me. Yeah. So I, I, I want to just give you your flowers because I know planning at a powwow is not an easy job. And not only – a powwow, but the Port Banner Creek Indians powwow, one of the one of the largest powwows, you know, in this part of the country. So, uh, granted, it's not just you; it's the entire department. But you right. do a lot of the legwork, so we want to give you your flowers and say thank you for all the work that you've done the past, you know, 20, 20 years. So. And I do want to put a plug in. If you see anybody from the cultural department, if you're listening to this podcast, go around, shake their hand, and give them a little bit of appreciation and tell them thank you. Yeah, they're having to work on a holiday now. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, what you, Danny? <laughs> yeah, like I said, uh, we're, uh, we have a good team, and we all work together, and that's what makes everything run smooth with everybody working together. So. Well, I want to thank you for keeping the tradition going that originally started as our homecoming, and I want to thank you for keeping that going. Thank you, Ding. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. 